I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, lovely, and welcome to another episode of my summer series of Your Business Boost podcast. Today's Life Boost is very much focused around the messaging of New Year, New You that gets bandied around a lot when it comes to health and fitness. So right now, I think these ads tend to drop straight after Christmas if you are watching any commercial television, if you are scrolling through social media, you will see those diets, those body transformations, those gym memberships that are heavily discounted, um, meal replacements, all that sort of stuff that is very much targeted towards women like us to transform ourselves in the new year. The reason that I wanted to get today's guest on is because we need to dispel some of these myths around what is, and I'm using the air quotes here, good for us. You know, we are notoriously bad at taking care of ourselves as women. I really, really believe that strongly. I see that with a lot of the women that I work with and my business buddies, you know, just limping to the finish line at the end of last year. A lot of health issues. I've had friends and clients who were hospitalized last year for various things. And, you know, it was those kind of big wake-up calls that then led to them taking their health seriously. When is this going to end? Like, when are we going to make some changes without having to get to these really serious um, medical issues in order for us to change? So I have brought my wonderful guest on today, Ange Clark. She's She's a sports dietitian. She's a performance nutritionist and exercise physiologist and a very active mum boss as well. And she has spent 15 years working with elite female athletes, running fitness centers, um, supporting celebrities for transformation campaigns. And what she is doing now is taken all of the learnings from that world and is firmly focused on helping women over 35 uncomplicate nutrition. Because let's face it, it is really complicated. There are so many mixed messages and often those messages are given to us by people who are not educated to provide that information to us. So I wanted to have Ange here with us today just to dispel a few of the myths and give us some information about how we can take better care of ourselves this year. I love her mission. Like her mission is to, you know, give us permission like, because I feel like we're often looking for permission. We're looking for that, you know, what should I be doing? What's the right thing to be doing? I love that she gives us permission to eat and not 
work ourselves to death and still lead that high-performing lifestyle that we deserve. So you're going to love this chat with Anne. She gives really actionable advice, including things that you can do right now that do not involve signing up for some quick fix new year regime um, that you'll probably fail and feel even worse about yourself. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Ange Clark. Ange, thank you so much for joining me today on Your Business Boost podcast, which we are hoping to give our listeners a little bit of a life boost today um, as part of the summer series. And I wanted to get you on to share your wisdom with our audience. So thank you for coming on. Oh, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I've always had the belief that nutrition should actually be everybody's business. Um, I like the play on words there, Anne. That's great. (laughs) It's my absolute pleasure, you know, and I think we can offer some insight into you know your listeners today about just taking care of their health and maybe body hack their business for 2022 what about that I like that I really do because you know I think this is the time of year where you know we say we're gonna prioritize ourselves and we're gonna do better we're gonna look after ourselves in the new year and then so often what happens is once we get through this holiday period, when we return back to real life, then it's like all those good intentions fall by the wayside. And, and, and you know, I know that you see this all the time. I see it all the time. So I guess my question for you is what can we do to make sustainable changes to take better care of ourselves this year? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we need to stop thinking about health and health behaviours as being time sensitive. So this is what starts the whole diet on and off the bandwagon all the time. Yes. Um, you know, the women the women that I work with are literally, by the time they get to me, they're totally exhausted. Like they have literally tried every diet under the sun. Yeah. And in part, those diets have worked, right? So for the time that they're on them. But then they fall off them or they can't maintain them. And then they get to this position of going, oh, now I'm either off the diet now or I'm on it, right? And it's this whole yo-yo system that we have to just say absolutely no, right? Mm -hmm. So inevitably, if it gets too hard, then you're not likely to sustain it. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about sustainable change, we need to start with the end in mind, right? Mm -hmm. And we simply just need a bit of a diet reframe, I think. So this year, 2022, what I want you to think about is letting go of the new year diet resolutions and start with that whole year at the forefront of your business as well as your health. So let's add this to your business planning for 2022, right? I like it. I think this is what I was thinking. I'm thinking that we need to reflect on what you don't want to repeat from last year. And that can be obviously in relation to your business, but also in relation to your health, right? Um, And add this to your business planning for 2022. So if we take time to create that strategy and get really, really specific about what we'd like to action to not only keep your business financially fit and able to sustain sustain the months ahead, but also how can we add our health into that? So I think that's a perfect opportunity to start right there. So I'm going to talk to you about how to actually do that, right? Okay, please do. (laughs) So first, and especially for your women out there that are listening, we have to take the focus off weight loss. Um, We have to throw the scales out. So please literally get your scales and throw them out. (laughs) So you're going to thank me for this. Yeah. 
this is what we need to do to focus on real habit change for health, sustainable health. Often as women, we're caught in this sort of social conditioning of like needing to be thin to be really successful. So the women that I work with come in with this, you know, huge Louis Vuitton handbag of expectation that losing weight means they'll be happier, they'll have more friends, they'll attract an awesome partner, um, they'll have more confidence to pursue the things that they want to do when, look, in reality, if you have to suffer to change your physique or your figure, um, then it's not actually going to make you any happier. So especially if you are underfueling, so really restricting your, your calories or your diet, taking more and more food out, and in particular maybe whole food groups such as carbohydrates, carbs, which I think yes. are the biggest mm-hmm. like happiest thing of my life are carbohydrates and for most women as well. And we need carbohydrates as women. We absolutely do need them. Um, you know, and then they're fasting sometimes as well. So people get on the bandwagon of fasting and saying, oh, you know, if I just hold off and I can hold off all morning and I can do all my, you know, work and get really busy and focused on that, then I'm actually really starving what I could potentially be doing as well. Um, and then they end up falling in a heap at the end of the day. So these practices and techniques, whilst they might, you might get a little bit of weight loss, like I said, by the time you would, when you're actually doing them, but by the time you get to the end of the week, you're completely exhausted. You're probably going from zero to nothing (laughs) and then going, hang on a minute, what do I do? And then the weekend comes and then you're like, oh, I can just relax on the weekend. And you've outdone everything that you've possibly done throughout the rest of the week. Um, And from a functioning standpoint, as a woman, you actually cannot sustain that. So you can't keep it up. And I see burnout and adrenal fatigue all the time by doing these sorts of processes day in, day out. Right. Yeah. And 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 overcompensating, I guess, you know, if you, if you are starved, literally, then just totally overdoing it on the weekends and consuming yeah. all of the calories that you didn't eat Monday to Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then and then I have women walk in and go, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't no. eat bad inch. You know, no. I don't eat like KFC or McDonald's every single day. And yet I'm not losing weight. Mm. And, you know, the other thing is as well, when we're looking at weight and particularly where did that number come from, right? Yeah. So we've got this thing that, you know, it's an arbitrary figure that you've plucked. Maybe it's something that, you know, you've said, oh, when I was in my 20s or, you know, 15 years ago, I was this weight and yeah. I was I was super happy when in actual reality, were you happy? Were you still trying to chase a weight loss goal then? And then when you're looking back, you're like, oh, I'd give anything to be that weight right now, right? So maybe it's come from there. Maybe it's come from uh, like a GP that's told you what your BMI is, right? So BMI stands for body mass index. Um, And this is just a population data that gets thrown out there in terms of uh, a way and a means to measure how much you should weigh for how tall you are. Now, that has flaws in in and of itself as well. It's not uh, something that we would actually consider as accurate in an active population too. So particularly if you enjoy health, you have it as a value and you're wanting to be doing things such as exercise and also eating well, nutrition encompassing in on that. But if you use BMI, it completely eradicates the notion of health, right? So weight and health are two very separate things. Right, And we need to start thinking about this because weight loss in and of itself is a byproduct, whereas health is a value. Yeah. So they're two things that are completely different. And I think once we start focusing on health habits, a lot of the weight focus falls by the wayside and we start finding more ways to actually value or find means to measure what true health actually is. So if we take the focus off the weight, then we can start to go, okay, well, what else can I do that relates to me being healthier? Well, maybe I'm sleeping better at night. Maybe I'm actually fronting up to training with more energy or I'm starting my day with more energy. Maybe I'm focusing a little bit more on my tasks that I need to do for my business or work. Um, Am I happier? 
you know, that's a really big one in terms of mood and anxiety state. What we eat affects our mood. So if we can start to look at these measures instead of always just solely focusing on the scales, then we can find a real value in health and then we can start to adopt habits and principles that are going to be likely way more valuable than what that number on the scale says at the end of the day. You sort of almost jumped to like what I was about to ask you was that whole like the habits, the things that we can do right now because, yeah, like the weight thing, it can be triggering for people and it can almost turn people like to repel like from that whole industry. Um, And But health is so important, like it is so vital. And, you know, you were saying that you get women coming to you who are completely overwhelmed and you know that 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 I do the same. And often when people are making change in their business, um, it permeates through their whole life. And I know that vice versa, when people make changes in their health, it permeates through everything. So, can we, like, you know, if I had to ask you, I don't know, say say what the top, like the three things that we could do right now to improve our health and wellness, what would you recommend these I, habits oh, that we that. start to form um, for the, the new year? Yeah, I love that, Michelle. And I think the other thing I probably will get your listeners to start questioning themselves is to firstly just say, when, when you're looking at any nutrition or movement um, behavior, particularly nutrition, because that's my my field, obviously I was in exercise prior to now, so I do yeah. encompass all of these types of things. But anytime, and we have multiple opportunities, probably thousands of opportunities every day to make these, these calls. But if it does relate to your nutrition, I want you to ask yourself just a really, really simple question. By doing this, will it move me towards or away from my health? And this will help you just to pause just about when you're going to make those decisions to whether you are going and eating a Big Mac or whether you choose to hit the snooze button instead of going for your walk in the morning. So these are the types of things I want you to go, okay, can I really ask myself if I have a true value of improving my health? And we know that health is our really only wealth, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, we're not healthy. We're not contributing to our business. Um, So, yeah, so if you can start by asking yourself when we're looking at these health-related behaviours, if by me doing this action, is it going to move me to way, away sorry, or towards what I need to do for my health right now? And that can be very different from many, many people, which is why I sort of start with that in mind because everyone's yeah. coming in at different points. Um, we all are at different stages of change, so we need to meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to aim too far, and if I give you, and I'm going to give you some absolutely fantastic tips, <laughs> so I will get to that. Yeah. Um, and these are going to probably formulate probably 80% of your results from a physical change perspective, mm-hmm. um, but also from all the other health measures that we just mentioned as well that are really, really important. And in actual fact, sometimes will become even more important than what the scales are saying. And by the end of doing all of this, you're literally going to get to the point where your weight loss is going to be a byproduct, right? You're not going to focus on it because it's not something you can do immediately. It's the end point. So that'll be the byproduct and hopefully Mm -hmm. you'll start to enjoy the process. So these are my three things that I think if all women start to do, they will absolutely change A, their physique, yes, um, but B, from that perspective, increase their whole lifespan so they can actually be more purposeful in what they would like to achieve. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is fiber or talk to fiber. Yeah. So fiber is actually the pinnacle of gut health. Um, There is many forms of fiber. So there's different forms of fiber that we get from our nutrition. Um, And obviously when we choose the right types of foods, it contributes to increasing our fiber intake. We know that 95% of serotonin, which is our happy hormone, is actually produced in the gut. 
We know that 50% of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that helps us feel pleasure, is produced in the gut. And we also know that 70% of the body's immune system is controlled in the gut. So just by me saying that right then and there, what it means is if we start to increase the fiber intake, and for most of us, that's around about 30 grams a day, I'd actually be uh, more inclined to push you more towards the 35 grams, particularly, particularly as we age a little bit as well. We tend to need a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but if we think about that and improving that aspect of our diet alone and how we can do that is trying to aim for the um, the really awesome campaign that was run. And I think some of your listeners might remember this is go for two and five. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you remember that? In, yeah, I, I do. I felt yeah. like it was British. I thought that that was a British campaign. I didn't like I didn't. I don't remember it being here, but um, yeah. Well, the yeah. message the message came across. So what that was referring to was yeah. we need to be eating five serves of salad or vegetables every day. Now, one serve is one cup, and that's a raw measure. So five cups of salad and vegetables every single day, yeah. and two refers to two pieces of fruit, yeah, um, and predominantly fresh fruit. If you can think about it from that aspect, so a serving of fruit is probably around about your fist size. So if you yeah. clenched your fist, um, it's around about that. Um, so if you're not achieving that, and I I can tell you that 94% of the population oh, aren't actually achieving aren't. that. Yeah, yeah. Women, women are actually a little bit better than men. Uh, 8% of us in the population, in the Australian population, are actually achieving that. So it does show that we do care a little bit more about our health, health okay. as a value. Um, so, you know, not a lot of us are actually achieving that. And that's going to, by default, increase your fibre content like significantly yeah. and then the other thing we want to do in relation to that is also then look at the diversity of where those fiber fibrous foods are coming from so if, if we can aim for about 30 different plant-based foods every week uh we'll be well on our way to being happier reducing our anxiety not being as depressed making sure that we're fronting up every single day with a really beautiful immunity to make sure that we're not getting sick more frequently as well so that is and and when i say plants okay so increasing our plant diversity 30 different plants it does it also includes fruit and vegetables but it's not just limited to that we can look at whole grains we can look at legumes so chickpeas kidney beans lentils um, seeds nuts as well is also incorporated in that um, that bundle as well so yeah yeah, it's actually quite easy to do, but you need just to start thinking about it. It just sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Like 30 different things and I'm just like imagining the food in the crisper in the fridge, but actually it's not just what's in there. It's it's stuff from the pantry as well. So, yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah, and you can achieve it. It's just yeah. that you probably haven't thought to do that no. at this moment. Um, and once you start sort of, to, and it's a really good fun task I do with a lot of my clients is just do the 30 a week. Um, and they just love this little tick and flick sheet of how many different things that they can try. And it actually opens them up to actually finding something maybe specifically in the supermarket that they haven't bought in ages and going, oh, I'm just going to do a dish with that. And I haven't eaten something like choco or something yeah. <laughs> completely obscure oh. <laughs> um, or pomegranate or something like that that is, like I said, so beautiful in terms of um, fibre that it contributes to that gut health. And, and basically, you know, the gut microbiome is a beautiful environment and we need to keep it happy and we keep it happy by feeding it what it likes so those good gut bugs can hang around and protect us in relation to our immunity and our, our mood state. So we know that there's a direct correlation between our gut health and our mental health so yeah that's the first thing that I want everybody to do hey lovely I am interrupting today's episode to let you know that my annual planning day is going to be happening on Monday the 10th of January and I would love for you to join me we are going to spend the day together virtually mapping out 
your year ahead. That's right. We are going to set you up for an absolutely incredible 2022. You will be setting your goals. You will be mapping out your action plan. You will be meeting some of my business buddies who are going to be sharing some business boosting tactics just for you. You are going to be in the company of a group of incredible action takers. And let me tell you something, you are not going to be glued to Zoom the entire day. You are going to have time to actually make a start on these plans that you're creating. And I am so, so excited to be there by your side to keep you on track and accountable. This is your chance to take time out of your business and real life to set yourself up for an incredible 2022. So if you would like to join me, jump on over to my website, michellebroadbent.com.au forward slash annual dash planning dash day. I know it's a mouthful. I've put the link in the show notes. Come and join me. Start 2022 as you mean to continue and set yourself up for a life and business of your dreams. Now back to today's episode. The second thing I'd like everyone, particularly if you're a woman, is to have a look at your protein content. And this I feel like we've shied away from over the years. It was in related to like you know, resistance training and being like the Hulk. (laughs) And we absolutely don't get massive the minute that we start to eat protein or do resistance training. So that's actually my number three is resistance training. And I'll come back to that. So protein and resistance training work hand in hand. And the reason why this is so important is because as we age, so past the age of 35 years old, we will start this decline and it's called sarcopenia. So it's an age-related decline in muscle, but we also start to lose our estrogen as well as women and the sex hormone estrogen. So when that's on the decline, what happens to our functionality is we start to lose more muscle. And if we're not increasing the stimulus, so by resistance training and giving our bodies a reason to hold on to that muscle, or if we're not providing it the building blocks to have beautiful nutrition in terms of amino acids, which is just protein broken down into its simplest form. It creates the building blocks for what we term muscle protein synthesis. So the quality of our protein matters and the timing and distribution of that matters as well. So I'd like women to start thinking about how can I get protein into every one of my main meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And if you train, particularly resistance train, uh, we want to be getting it in after we do resistance training as well. So these opportunities for us to drip feed that quality of protein and where we get those those from in relation to food is what we term the hbv or high biologically valuable protein sources so fish eggs chicken meat poultry um legumes tofu are our plant-based forms of those beautiful um, plant-based proteins as well Um, but they provide us with a specific amino acid called leucine and leucine is what is deemed to help us from a cognitive function perspective so increase our brain function and also to reduce our muscle as it declines as we age so it's really really important that we have that in combination with doing some resistance training, which is literally weight training um, or just pushing against resistance. It doesn't mean that you have to go into the gym and lift heavy weights. Um, That is likely where you'll probably get to if you continue to do this consistently, but you can even start by doing some body weight exercises or some resistance band exercises. So just start where you're at. Start where you're at. Yeah, I love that. So um, speaking of where you're at and the different stages that people are at. So um, I know that, you know, different life stages bring around different challenges when it comes to maintaining 
health. Um, and right now I'm supporting a lot of women who are perimenopausal and the effects of that stage of life are enormous and I'm seeing there um you know just and and you know also talking from my own experience as well like your ability to function in so many areas like you know I will be in the middle of talking to someone and I will just completely lose my words and I've got clients who will say oh my god like you know I used to be able to just get up and present off the cuff and now you know I'm resorting back to you know having all my notes in front of me and all of that kind of thing and it's just things that yeah have changed and um as I I know that this is a as an area that that you have um, a lot of insight into so as a health professional what like what advice do you have for women who are at that stage of life. Yeah, this is really, really tricky. And it's such an important part of understanding our bodies as women. I think all too many of us have pretty much ignored our menstrual cycle up until this moment that we hit maybe the term perimenopause. And this is where we start to see those symptoms, exactly what you mentioned, Michelle, you know, mm-hmm. the brain fog, the forgetfulness. Um, a lot of women report hot flushes, night sweats, uh, increase in belly fat gain. So there's more visceral abdominal tissue that's now starting to creep in. Um, that they hadn't noticed prior. Um, oh gosh, what else? A lot of depression is reported yes. as well. There's, um, you know, I think the anxiety and the irritability comes a lot to the surface and it's a really, really tricky time. So if we think about what perimenopause is, it happens around about the age of 45 is what the literature will tell us, but it could be as early as 40 for women. Mm-hmm. And I like I, like I mentioned before, about past 35 years old, your estrogen starts to decline. So estrogen, between the ages of 35 to 50, estrogen will decline about 35% and progesterone will decline about 75%. And what happens is even though it's on the decline, progesterone is declining at more rapid rate compared to estrogen. So it provides this higher estrogen state, even though both of those sex hormones are declining until they flatline. And that's when we hit menopause. So Mm -hmm. menopause is termed the 12 month anniversary of your last period. Mm -hmm. But between that perimenopause before that could last anywhere between five to 10 years. And we don't know when it comes. We don't know when it's going to stop. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, on this whole decline, I call it the shit show roller coaster of hormones because that's literally what it is. And we don't know exactly why the symptoms become so prevalent, but we think it's because of the relative, um, I guess, space between the decline in estrogen and progesterone. So this is where we start to go, okay, First and foremost, if you were ever dismissed by a medical professional, that's not okay. You need to find somebody else in your corner because it's real. We know it's there. So many of my women report this. I think the statistics are like 22 to 44% of women report belly fat gain. So that is another thing that's completely real. And that's in relation to the changes in your hormones. You're also at increasing your risk of insulin resistance. Um, So when we're looking at these types of factors that are happening with our body as our hormones change they are true they are real and they can be helped with nutrition um, and also exercise as well so the two things that i just mentioned just so so important in relation to protein and um, and resistance training so they stay consistent and solid so we want to be de- stopping that decline of muscle but also estrogen declines as well we know that estrogen is anabolic it helps us to lay down more muscle and more bone mineral density so what happens as that starts to decline is we have to start to replace that with our food mm. so quality of protein definitely is there 
calcium in particular, if we're looking at calcium and vitamin D for those types of women in this particular space of their life becomes really important because, as, as I said, estrogen is starting to lower and it's affecting our ability to lay down more bone. In order to counteract some of those hot flushes, those symptoms, which are really quite common, we often look at things such as omega-3 fatty acids. So with our diet, these are things such as salmon, um, tuna, oily fish, uh, in particular, flax seeds and flaxseed have Black seeds also have a fabulous little component called lignans, which is actually seen to help reduce hot flushes. Um, so all these sorts of seeds, nuts, extra virgin olive oil, these types of things that boost our omega-3 content of our nutrition is going to really help to mitigate some of those hot flushes in uh, and, and also inflammation. So yeah. there's two things that happen as well. So we mentioned brain. So there's an effect on the brain and also pain. So our perception of that actually increases as well. So our fatty acids are coming in to help reduce that inflammation. Beautiful ways that we can do that as well as providing our body with antioxidant foods. So when I mentioned the fruit and vegetables, we want to make sure that those fruit and veg are really colorful. And in particular, the dark skin, red and purple colored fruit and vegetables are really fabulous. They are fabulous for fiber, but they're also great in relation to offering um, polyphenols, which is a really important nutrition component. And in particular, something such as like a tart cherry might actually help our melatonin increase. It'll help our sleep at nighttime. So there's so many wonderful, beautiful benefits to these types of foods that could be helping these symptoms associated with what we're going through. And you know what? If we have a good sleep, everything is better. So we so can try to so do that. True. <laughs> Uh, and I know I've talked about what we can put in, but I have to make mention that in particular, alcohol is quite problematic when we look at that as exacerbating those symptoms. Mm. So it also dehydrates us. So when we're sweating a lot, we actually need to focus more on our hydration and less on the things that are going to dehydrate us. So hot coffees, unfortunately, is not particularly fantastic. Um, maybe we can switch that out for something that's maybe a ice long black <laughs> with okay. some milk in there, which has the calcium that we need um, yeah. and the protein as well. So we can do these types of little things within our diet. Um, but yeah, particularly alcohol, we need to really moderate how much we are drinking. I find that in this particular group um, of ladies, uh, they're more social, they're more able to afford better alcohol <laughs> I have to say um, and unfortunately you know alcohol increases our likelihood of increasing uh, the circulating estrogen which is not too great if we have that in excess contributing out to our risk of breast cancer and things like that as well so um, yeah it's definitely not something that is fantastic it also strips our gut microbiome so it doesn't contribute to our gut health it actually does the reverse and it's yeah. a depressant yeah so a lot of, lot of things that we have to remember that if we can reduce that and also then focus on the things that we can put in that we'd have a much much better time to coast through perimenopause as well to hit menopause yeah that's so yeah i the alcohol thing is a big one especially at this time of year where um and it was actually this time last year i, I just decided that i was going to give it a break for a while I thought I'll take a month off and you know just do dry January and then that turned into three months of no alcohol whatsoever and truthfully like I mean look my sleep improved a lot but that the big changes that I saw were all those perimenopausal symptoms you know the, the hot flushes and all of those sorts of things they did, they vanished. Like that is the truth. That is the sad truth. Like, you know, I was thinking, oh my God, you know, is this true? And uh, yes, it is. So, um, and, you know, I think my my relationship has changed with alcohol as well. Like I just can't, 
I cannot consume what I what I used to, that's for sure, without it having a massive effect on me. And um, I have this conversation with a lot of my girlfriends as well who are, you know, the same age and stage and, yeah, we just can't sadly do, do what we used to do. But coming back to what you said about the, you know, being able to afford good quality booze, like uh, now my thing is if I'm going to have a drink, it is like really like a really really good glass of wine um and I'll have two glasses and that's it so um yeah it's just I guess a bit of a reframe isn't it um around yeah so it's not a yeah it's not this deprivation like you know we've got to eliminate everything from our lives in order to be well and little baby steps too I think too like would you agree like just if you sort of decided to just eradicate everything and overhaul your life I think that is where we see people you know when you were talking about the falling off the wagon and having timely what do you what have you what do you recommend in terms of like integrating change and and how we go about it to set ourselves up for success Oh, it's such an important question and I'm so pleased that you brought it up and I really think that you need to be a part of the process. So all too many people are, like you said, Michelle, following sort of diets that completely overhaul their entire life and then they're like, oh, how can I not keep this up? Like they do it for, you know, the six-week challenge or the eight-week challenge or the 12-week challenge. I feel like the 12 (laughs) weeks is the maximum time that you can do anything that extreme for and it likely is. So that's why these these they're set up like that right they're like okay short and sharp let's go for it and then you go well what's the point of doing something that I can't keep up because then you're likely and we call this a Nike swoosh effect so you get this like dip in the weight straight up because you're going really really hard you've changed everything that you've done in your lifestyle prior to that and then you then go I can't do it anymore and then you slowly see that weight maybe even quickly start to see that weight go back up and then it overshoots your starting point and this is what we don't want right So the more you yo-yo diet, the more you you affect that set point every single time you do it. And the more like totally miserable that you are over the course Mm. of that process. So please, I have to stay, work with a professional. Like you absolutely need to be a part of that process because if that professional doesn't understand your lifestyle, what's important to you, what your goals are, and also how you're going to do that, you are not going to succeed with anything. And you'll do it for a certain amount of time. But like I said, you'll just get rid of it after that as well. And you'll feel be, you'll actually be more a failure and reiterate that failure aspect, which is not what you want at all. So Mm. yeah, I have to say, you've got to work with a professional and you have to do a diet that involves you as the main person making those decisions in that process. So, you know, Michelle, if alcohol was the one thing that you really enjoyed, I'd make that fit. If that was something else, if that was ice cream for somebody else, I would make that fit. And we can have everything in our diet. We absolutely can, but we cannot forget our nutrition foundations first. So we need to then as a stepwise process, go through and say, how can we do these types of things and have those foundations in place so that we can have the leeway um, and also exercises involved in that. It gives us a bit more buffering to have a little bit more extra calories or nutrition in the other areas that bring us so much pleasure. Like food is not just calories and numbers, right? We don't eat numbers. We eat food. So we need to make sure that when we're, and this is what I do with my women is that they get a whole meal plan that incorporates so many things, but it also has choice. So whilst it might be specific, it's not restrictive in that instance. So that has to be specific to the person sitting in front of you, what's important to them and how does it work within their family? Because if, you know, they don't take care of any of their cooking or they eat out because they have to do 
work meetings and business meetings and those types of things. And we need to work with that as well. We have to make it fit the lifestyle rather than the than you fitting the diet. It has yes. to be the other way around. So yeah. if you can try to do that and and just one or two things, like if you want to focus on that, that is literally all I'll get you to do first and foremost is just focus on those two things. Once you've nailed that, then you get to graduate to do something else, you know? So nail that, we get that solid and then we move to the next thing and the next thing after that. So yeah, it really has to be like that. And give away the expectation of losing x amount per week so i feel like things like the biggest loser have created these expectations where i'm like why am i losing a kilo a week Mm. well in reality what the science will tell us from a sustainable science perspective of fat loss sustainable fat loss we only want to be aiming for about half a percent of our body weight loss per week so that is not a lot (laughs) you know for most women if you are 80 kilos right now that looking at like half a percent of your current body weight no more than 400 grams of body fat loss per week yeah and that's what's going to slow your results down yes but it's going to make it sustainable Sustainable. from a long-term perspective yeah and if you think about well why am i gonna why am am i not losing a kilo a week well if you lose 400 grams every week from now until next christmas (laughs) yeah you're going to be in a much better position rather than doing it all at once and then not being able to maintain that as well so the severity of that is very important and from a female perspective it will also affect your hormones which will then have blow-on effects of things such as thyroid and reducing your metabolism overall in general as well so we have to be really careful about how we do it so work with a professional for sure yeah That's really good advice, Ange. Thank you so much. So, look, I always ask my guests to share something with our listeners that they've read, watched or listened to that will give them a bit of a life boost or a business boost. What would you like to share with us today? Oh, gosh, this was so hard. Um, I've got two things. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. You can have two. (laughs) So first and foremost, I think everyone, if they haven't already, they might want to go out and check out one of my fabulous mentors, Dr. Stacey Sims, her TED Talk. It's just 13 minutes out of your life that you won't regret. And it's really looking at a paradigm shift in women's nutrition and the science of nutrition. So often, and this is where I become so passionate because often as sports dietitians, we were taught one way of doing things. And I had no idea that that was based on males and male subjects. So now we've got this whole plethora of research that's specifically looking at the woman in general and going, hang on a minute, what we generalize by looking at that research is actually not what we should be telling our women. So women are different. Uh, We are not small men. And we also need to remind ourselves that there are some specific things we need to do to take care of us as being women um, that we we didn't know before. And the second thing, I've just finished a book. um, It was Brene Brown's oh, The Gifts of Imperfection. And I think it's so applicable. It was given to me by one of my amazing colleagues. And it's applicable to nutrition because I feel like as high-functioning women, particularly as business owners, like you are so used to uh, wanting success and achievement and we want perfection all the time. And when it comes to nutrition, nutrition will never be perfect. So if we let go of that we might be lighter in spirit, not yeah. maybe not necessarily lighter on the scales, but does it matter? You yeah. know, so once again, changing and shifting the focus of nutrition not being this thing that you have to be either on or off. It's a continuum and yeah. you are doing nutrition for you at any one point of your life and that changes and that's okay. Yeah, love it. We'll put links to both of those recommendations in the show notes. Thanks, And So where can people get more of Ange in their lives? 
Okay, so you can jump onto my website, which is just www.angeliqueclark.com.au and you can have instant access to my female super fuel recipe ebook. So you can get your performance kitchen started immediately. Um, you can also go on my interest list for my N equals one-on-one nutritionist or coaching if that's what you are interested in. And I also have a fantastic new online women's group program that's commencing this year. So 2022 is Find Your Wings. It's what it's called. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Angelique Clark underscore nutrition, where I strive to provide practical, evidence-informed, nourishing advice for active women over 35 to lead the high-performing lifestyle that they deserve. And that's absolutely what you do in spades. Like you really are so, so generous with the information that you share on there. Um, are you going to keep doing your lives next year? Well, this year, what? yeah, we're recording 2021, but 2022, you're going to keep them doing your lives with Ange and she does all sorts of great stuff, cooking demos, the lot. So um, yeah, make sure you jump over there um, and follow her. I will have all the links to those in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and just, yeah, just setting the record straight for a lot of, you know, confused women, I think is, is probably, you know, how we feel at this time of year with all of the mixed messages that we are being bombarded with. So I really appreciate you telling it exactly as it is and sharing those facts with us um and yeah hoping that we can sort of maintain that focus on our own health and wellness this year oh thank you so much michelle it was an absolute blast thanks for coming i'll speak to you soon Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.